Morning. Today's daf is daf chafei. Page twenty-five. Hey, the Gemaseches Kedushin. And we pick up on the very bottom line of Chav Dalid Amud Beis. We pick up with Amar of Chiyabarashi Amarav. We're going to continue talking about different situations where an Eved Kanani is going to go out, yet where he goes free. So we learned that it says explicitly in the Torah that if his eye is knocked out, if his tooth is knocked out, and we gave a drasha to extend it to any other limb that does not uh, grow back, that does not regenerate, and is noticeable, also the Eved's going to go out. So here we go. Amr Chiyabarashi Amarav. Haisa loi, top of today's daf, Yiseres v'chatocha. Ever yaitze bohem lecheres. Okay, so here we go. If this ever kanani had a yiseres, what's a yiseres? An extra limb, i.e., for example, an extra toe, an extra finger. So he had six fingers, and the master cuts it off. Even though he's still left with five fingers, he's going to go free. All right, pretty clear cut. I most people have five. Okay, but it says the third. You cut off a limb. It's only if the finger was properly placed in finger spot. However, let's say this guy had a random finger sprouting out of his palm or sprouting off the top of his hand in a location that's not, not uh, regular. So then for cutting it off, it's not, uh, the Ebed does not go free. Okay, Savi de Nizunya, the elders of Nizunya, lo asu lefirke de Rebbe Chista. They did not come to the parak. They did not come to the uh, shir, the class of Rav Chista. Omar le Rav Amnuna. So sometimes Rabbeim, when their choshuvit students don't show up, so they want to know where they were. Yeah, these are the elders. That didn't come. The elders, you notice when they're there. It's, a, it's right? The, the, the wise ones. Go be, make them tznias. Get ready for this. What does it mean, go make them tznias? Rashi says, put them in cherem. What does it mean, tznias? Put them away, that they're not noticeable. Okay? Now, if you look at the second line in Rashi, just to understand this. Go tell them to lock themselves up and stay home. This is like an expression of a nidoy, of a kind of a ban, a cherem on a tamar chacham. It wasn't nice of them not to come. We need to teach them a lesson. They're in time out. He went and he said, why didn't you... Elderly Chevra come to Rav Chista's shear. Amrule, they said, Amaynesi, why should we? And whenever we ask him a question, he doesn't answer us. So why should I come? Why should we come? He says, Have you ever asked me a question that I haven't answered? Okay. So obviously he's basically saying, I'm in my Rebbe's place. So, we're a chavra here. Ask me a question. Yeah, he's challenging them. Bomene is to ask the question from him. Ever shesersoi rabbi bebeitzim mahu. What happens if a master removes the testicles of an evet? Kimum shebegoli dami. Is this considered like a revealed mum? And he goes free. Ailai or not? 
Okay? Now, and testicles are unique in that they're noticeable from the outside, but they're still covered by skin. They're still covered by skin. So, he didn't know an answer to that question. Yeah, he heard the two them the two ways to look at it. So, they said to him, What's your name? You're not Hamnuna. You are Karnuna, says Rashi. From Yeshve Kronis, those who hang out on the street corners. Yeah? Yeah, you're hanging out. As they used to say in Yeshiva, not anymore, but when we were kids. Yeah, you're a bum. Yeah, you don't know stuff. Yeah. So Ramuna came back to Rav Chista. Omar says, You should know. They asked you a question that could be answered from a Mishnah to Tzavu Dhrun to the Mishnah. Esivabar Rashi Avaram Shabbat was 24 limbs that are considered the Rashi, the ends of the limbs of a person in Kulami, Metam Mishum Michya, and they all don't become Tomei as far as Michya is concerned. This is a type of Taras. Veiluheim Rashi Ez Bois, all the tips of the fingers, that's 10. Yodayim Baraglayim, so we're up to 20. Veiluheim Oznayim, the tips of the ears. Veiluheim Achaitim, the tip of the nose. Vereishagvia, the tip of the male organ, veroshe dodim shebeisha, which is fascinating. The first opinion is only the uh, the tips, what we call the nipple, of the dodim of the breast of a woman. These are the roshe ivarim, but only by a woman, which is interesting. But Rabbiuda Imer no afbeish. Rabbiuda says even by a man. Now Rashi explains the machlekes over here. Interesting is as follows. What do you call a Reish Ever? A Reish Ever has to be that the limb itself is noticeable for there to be a tip. So Machlekes here is on a man, so there's no limb in the upper body that makes the nipple noticeable. And therefore, he says, it says Tanakama, it's not called Rosh Ever. But by a woman, where there's a limb that's there, the glands that are there, so now... So therefore, the the rashi, the tips are noticeable. The Tani we learned in the Brisa, the kulam in all these situations, Evid yaitzam lecheres. If a master cuts it off, the Evid goes free. Rabbi Yomer af and Rabbi says even a seiris, okay, even a seiris, even uh, to um, remove uh, remove the uh, the tip of. Um, let's see what Rashi explained over here. I'm sorry. I forgot the wording that Rashi uses. Okay, so so over here he cuts off. Says Rashi, he cuts off enough of the organ that the person becomes uh, sterile. Yeah, he doesn't have a, a, a male uh, member anymore. Says the Gemara to explain this. Or we'll explain this in a moment. Says the Gemara. Ben even the tongue. If you cut off the tip of the tongue, you have it also goes free. Right? It's considered the tip of an organ. Amar Mar, the Tana said, Rabbi Amar Afa Seiros, Seiros Demai, what are you cutting off? How are you making him a Soros? Ile Maseros the Gid, if you're cutting off the actual male organ, then Have Gavia. That is already included in Gavia. That was one of the things that were listed. We said the ten fingers, the ten toes, the, the ears, the nose, and Varaisha Gavia, the tip of the male organs. We already mentioned that, so it can't be referring to that. Elalav, Rather, it must be Seiros the Beitzim. He cuts off the tip of the Beitzim. He's cutting off the testicles. And you see from over here 
that it's machlekas, whether or not um, the uh, cutting of the testicles allows the evet to go free. Rebbe Yomirach HaSerus. Rebbe says, even for Serus, Rebbe Loshun Lai says, see, Rebbe added in the Serus, and then Benazai said, Afaloshin, Rebbe says, Afaloshin, even, uh, even the tongue. Why doesn't Rebbe include the tongue? Why doesn't Rebbe include the tongue? Says the Gemara of Raminu, but I'll ask you a contradiction. If you have a Kayin who's sprinkling the waters of the Mechatas, he's sprinkling the, sprinkling the waters, the ashes of the Paraduma, onto somebody to make him tar. And the water splashes into his mouth. It's considered a sprinkling. Now, the sprinkling has to go. On, has to touch the outer part of the of the tummy person's body. So we said if it goes into his mouth, that's considered an outer part of the body. The chum say no. My love, Allah shine. What do you mean in his mouth? Doesn't it mean referring to his tongue? And you see that Rebbe holds that the tongue is considered an open, uh, an open part of the body. But the problem is in our brisa, Rebbe says you cut off the tongue, you don't go free. Eye is it open or it's not? When it comes to tumentara, he calls it open. When it comes to setting an Ebed free, it seems he's not calling him open because he says if you cut off the tongue, the Ebed doesn't go free. What it means that the water went into his mouth doesn't mean his tongue, it means it hit his lips. Yeah, so Rebbe will say the lips are considered an open and exposed part of the body, but not the tongue. If it hits his lips, there's no chiddush over there. What's the difference if it hits his lips or if it hits his cheeks? I would have thought to say, Zimna dechalim svasim. Sometimes, see, you can't really cover over your cheeks, except with a different part of the body. But lips is pretty common enough that people, especially when they're quiet, will close their mouth in a way where their lips are not readily noticeable, and therefore maybe it's not called exposed. Kamashlan, the chiddush over here is that even if the water of the paraduma splashes onto the lips, it would be considered... Uh, it would be considered a sprinkling and help him become tahar. Okay. Says the Gemara, about time we learned in the Brisa, Alishainai. The Brisa says that you're allowed to sprinkle on the tongue explicitly. Tanya, we learned in another Brisa. Vishanita Rubaya Alishain. That one of the blemishes in an animal is if most of the tongue is taken out. Rebbe, I mean, Rebbe says, Rav Hamidaber Shabalishainai. It's not most of the tongue. It has to be part of the tongue which is detached from the mouth. See, every most tongues, again, some people have uh, to different extents, but most tongues are only connected towards the back of the tongue, and the rest of the tongue has flexibility to to move around. Some people are born with an attachment that needs to be separated to help them speak, but most of the tongue is separated. So the machlekes over here is that... Um, What's going to render an animal a balmum with the loss of its tongue? So the first opinion is, the Tanakama says, most of the tongue. Rebbe says, no, only most, of, even if most of the flexible part of the tongue where you speak with uh, comes out, that's already called a mum. So you see very clearly that Rebbe considers a tongue to be a regular organ and out in the open, this is a mum, this is a, a full-fledged blemish. Says Gamar, you're right. You're right. Ella, rather, Rebbe, Aymer, Rebbe says, Serus, when you cut off the, uh, the, the testicles, so then the Ebed's going to go free. 
And if that's true, that if you cut off the testicles itself that are generally hidden inside of the scrotum, I think that's what it's called, that's yeah. what the sack is called, is, and, and which is generally covered over, you're still going to call that an exposed organ, then how much more so, the, he's going to go free with the tongue, because the tongue has less uh, privacy, we'll call it, than the testicles. But Benazai says, no, that the Evid goes free when the tongue is cut off, because there's more exposure there. But when it comes to Seirus, when it comes to the loss of, of uh, testicles, um, light. The Eved's not going to go free. Umay af, and so what did Benazah mean when he says even the tongue? It means akamaisa. It means going on the original twenty-four that we said, right? We said the the, the twenty of the fingers and hands and the two ears, the nose, the male uh, the male organs. He's adding on to those twenty-four, and he says even the uh, even the tongue. He says Gemara Yachi, if that's what Benazah means when he says af. Haloshan, it means going on the original twenty-four, and he's not saying also including the testicles. If that's true, Niktimad the Menazai Bereisha, we should put Benazai first because he's referring to those. Uh, he's adding on to that list. Says Gemara Tana Shama Rebbe. First, we put Rebbe because that's what he heard the Kava, and he wrote it down. Shama the Benazai, and then he heard Benazai Salacha of the tongue, Betani, and then he taught it. Mishnah Leizazim Kaima, and the Mishnah does not move from its original original form. So it means like this. We said there's 24 limbs that you go out free with besides for the tooth and the eye. 24 other limbs. Rebbe says the testicles. Benazai says the tongue. Says the Gemara, if the tongue is going to be in addition to 24, what does it mean? Af seems to be, uh, it's, it's going to make it not so clear. It's going to seem like Benazai holds not, not only the testicles, even the tongue, and that's not true. He's saying, oh, Mamash, only the tongue. So Gemara says, fine, but this is how the Tana taught it. This is how he heard it. First he heard Rebbe, then he heard Benazai, and we don't want to change from the original form that the Mishnah was written. Okay? Period. Here we go. Says the Gemara Vaitur. Now that we just explained this very interesting machlekas of what's called closed and what's called exposed, so now the Gemara is going to shift to other areas of halacha and see how this applies in other places as well. So here we go. Says the Gemara Viter. Amarulullah says, I call my blush, everybody agrees by the tongue, the Toma, when you're sprinkling on him to remove the Toma. The Golo who ate a sheretz. This is considered Goloi as far as a sheretz is concerned. Okay, which there's a fascinating halacha when it comes, there's eight rodents. That if a person comes into contact with them when they're dead, with what? Rodents, no. a sheretz. That if a person comes into contact with them when they're dead, you become tummy. Now, in order to become tummy, it has to be an exposed part of your body. It cannot be a unexposed part of the body. So, for example, for example, we'll see soon. But let's say the Gemara is going to give examples. But just to use our vision, somebody else shoves a little piece of rodent down your throat, so it never touched an open part of the body. Okay, so here we go. Everybody agrees by the tongue when, when it comes to being retired from sheretz. The gullah he eats a lot of sheretz. That if somebody's tongue touches a dead sheretz, he becomes tummy. It's called open the tongue. And far as that Allah is concerned, my time away. Asher yigabayim rachmana. It says that which he touches v'hainami and the tongue touches bar negiyahu. The tongue could touch things. Okay. The Indian tefillah. What about going to the mikvah? 
So here's a fascinating halacha. You ready? When you go to the mikvah, your entire body needs to touch the water. If I call the tongue an exposed part of my body, does that mean I need a dunk like this? Ah! So the water gets in all my mouth and it gets all around my tongue? Or not? Says Ula, no. When it comes to going to the mikvah, we consider the tongue to be covered. So when I go to the mikvah, I don't need to stick my tongue out. I don't need to open my mouth. It's not part of the body that's considered exposed. My time, a why? It says he washes flesh. My besaroi, my vroi, flesh is on the outside. So too, it's outer organs that need to touch the water, not the inner organs, referring to the mouth. So when it comes to sprinkling, tongue is, I'm sorry, yeah, when it comes to becoming tamay, sheretz, tongue is considered exposed. When it comes to going to the mikvah, the tongue is considered not exposed. Where's their dispute how to handle the tongue? When it comes to the sprinkling of the purification waters. This guy's tummy. The kind is going to sprinkle the ashes with mixture with the paraduma on him. It has to hit an exposed part of his body. Rebbe says that the tongue is considered exposed. The tongue is considered exposed. Like a sheretz. Okay? And therefore, if water ends up hitting his tongue, he's tar. For the button say, no, the tongue is considered covered over like when you go to the mikvah, and therefore, it's considered a covered over organ, a covered over part of the body when it comes to sprinkling as well. Now, why? This is a fascinating way to view the tongue. And by the way, I, I just love this. I, you could take this Gemara to town on just learning out Musr on the Metzius, how, how true it is that in our daily lives, this halacha of exposed and covered, it's the Metzius of the tongue. It's the, it's the reality of the tongue. There's, there's a time where halachically you're obligated to show your tongue and talk and speak. There's a time halachically the tongue is zip it, put it away, gone. And even in areas of halacha we find it's not, it's not like we're confused how to handle it. It's, you have to know where the tongue is considered open, where the tongue is considered closed. Everything has symmetry. Everything has symmetry. It's gewalt. So, the dispute about how to handle it when it comes to sprinkling of the purification waters is based upon the following pasuk, which says, The pure person sprinkles it on the impure person. Rabbi Saba, Rabbi says, when he sprinkled it on day three and day seven, that's what makes him tar. Okay, so this seems to imply that it has to be on a part of the body that can become tummy. And is the tongue a part of a body that could become tummy? Yeah, we said yeah. The tongue touches the sherets; it's tummy. So you're sprinkling on the one referring to body parts that could become tummy. So says Rebbe. You sprinkled on the body part that could become Tomei. It's a good sprinkling. Rabbanon, Savri, the Rabbanon say no. You have to keep reading. And the Pesach says, He should become pure on day seven. And he washes his clothing. And he needs to be washed in water. Now what needs to be washed in water? Says the Rabbanon, the organ that became Tomei. Let me ask you a question. Does the organ, does the tongue get washed in water? No. 
And therefore, say the Rabban and Gishmak, that from the fact that the Pasuk says, Barachatz Bamayim, the part that became tummy, and we know a tongue doesn't get washed in water, we, we know clearly it can be covered over. Memele, you can't sprinkle on the tongue. Says the Gemara, fine. Each one has their own way to view this Pasuk. So now, there's two ways to argue. There's three ways. One way to argue is to not think and just to argue because you like arguing. Okay, we're not dealing with that. The two ways that a Yid should argue, or could argue, not should, could, is, you have two Mahalchem, you have the Pasuk, two different approaches. I want to view it this way. You want to view it that way? We each have our Makar, we each have our source, we give up. The best way to argue is not only when I feel that I am viewing it the right way, but when I have a reason why my way is better than your way. Okay? I have a problem in how you're darshing the Pasuk. So here we go. The Rabbanu say that they want to compare it to mikvah. I, the Pasuk does seem to compare it to the laws of impurity. So why don't they follow Rebbe's approach? They say, Because in both situations, we're trying to purify this guy. So they say, when you go to him, when you, when you become Tameh by a Sharet, you're becoming Tameh. When you go to the mikvah, you're becoming Tahar. When you get sprinkled with the waters, you're becoming Tahar. So I prefer, say the Rabbanu, it's more sensible to connect the halachas of the purification process, which means mikvah and tefillah and sprinkling, those two are the most sensible way to darshan. The Rebbe, Nadami Latila, Rebbe who says that he wants to compare it to the way to become Tameh, why doesn't he compare the sprinkling to the law of mikvah and say it's considered covered over? He says, because it says in the, the Pasuk, V'chibes begadav hifsik inyan. See, it says in the Pasuk, this guy, they're going to sprinkle him, he'll become tahar on day number seven, and it doesn't say right away and go to the mikvah. You know what it says right away? Do your laundry. We launder his clothes and go to the mikvah. So Rebbe's bothered. Do your laundry and go to the mikvah. Why, why, why are we mentioning laundry, washing his clothing before mikvah? He says, you know why? Says Rebbe, it's got to be the Tyrus teaching me a message that we're not connecting the law of mikvah to the law of sprinkling. Hence, we have a little couple words there to separate the two. So it's more sensible to darshan it my way. If you've been sprinkled, why do you need to go to the mikvah? You need to do both. You have to do both. Why? Well, it says in the Torah. Well, if, if, if one's sprinkled, doesn't that make you pure? No, that's part of the purification process. Oh, okay. You don't become Tameh as soon as the sprinkling is done. You don't become Tameh? You don't become Tar. I'm sorry. Yeah? You still need to go to the mikvah. says the Gemara Vesaba Rebbe, and does Rebbe Taka hold does Rabbi Taka hold that the tongue, when it comes to the mikvah, is considered uh, is considered covered over? says there was a story the story with the maidservant in the house of Rabbi Shatavla. She went to the mikvah, but also she came out. And after going to the mikvah, we found the bone stuck between her teeth. Yeah, she had a, she had something stuck in her tooth. She didn't floss her teeth before going to the mikvah. And what did Rebbe say when she came out of the mikvah like that? He said, "Go back." And Rebbe said, "Go back." So you see from here that the inside of the mouth is called exposed, according to Rebbe. 
Otherwise, why do you make her go back into the mikvah when she had this bone stuck between her teeth? Well, we know that. Uh, I mean, we know that it's a, a well-known. Uh, says Rabbi it's a well-known halacha. In, in mikvah, Very good. The question is why? Yeah. Why? No, the reason. The reason why it's halacha is because the next line in Gemara it says Gemara like this. I'll explain to you what the answer is. Does the woman have to open her mouth when she's No. But as we're about to say in the Gemara. And this is halacha l'maisa, like Yael saying, halacha l'maisa. Practically speaking, if a woman were to go to the mikvah with a bone stuck between in her tooth, and she comes out, it's not a kosher tefillah. If there's other things stuck, it might be. It might be a good tefillah. And I'll we'll get it for a different time. But a bone for sure is a problem. Why? Because even though the water doesn't have to go into your mouth, your mouth has to be roi, has to be fit. That if water would be there, there wouldn't be a chatzitza. It's a, it's a unique, it has to be fit, it has to be right for water, but it can't have one. Which means, let's say even if there's meat, that's why there's a minuk. That women don't eat meat the day of mikvah. Or if it's Shabbos, Yom Tov, they'll floss their teeth before him. Now, halacha lemaisa, you're going to have to ask a shayla each time. Don't rely on this specific shear because you can call me or your LOR that's available to answer this. There's, t- there's ways to be lenient with this after the fact, but the yevet, because really, if it's, um, I'm going to use a, a new expression here, if it's a miyot she'enay makbid, if there's a small mount that's a separation that people aren't makbid on, it's not really a chatzitza. Bidiyavit. means after the fact. Because biblically, biblically, in order for something to be a problem, a separation has to be on most of your body, and it has to be that you care about it. You're makbid. And most. The Rabbanans say, even if it's a miyot hamakbid, let's say it's a small part of my body, but I don't want it there. It's also not a valid tefillah. Or if it's a rubai she'inai makbid, if it's on most of your body and you don't care, that's also a problem. Over here, let's say a woman goes to the mikvah and she comes out, she's, she comes back to the mikvah, she flosses her teeth that night and she finds a little piece of meat stuck in her tooth. She never even noticed it before. She doesn't care about it. So it's a miyot she'enay makbid, and you won't need to go back to the mikvah on such a thing. But our case, keep in mind, there's a bone. Everybody cares about a bone in their tooth. And therefore, it would be a didrabonon, it would be called a miyot hamakbid. It's on a small part of the body, but people care about that, and you would need to go back and, and be taival. Okay? But if, if it happens, you go, you ask a shayli each time. Okay? Before relying on the tefillah. Bottom line over here, the Gemara is challenging Rebbe's approach. Rebbe says that the tongue's considered, expo- tongue's considered covered over. Why do he send the shifcha back? Answers the Gemara what we're saying. Says the Gemara what we're saying. Gavaldik, which is, Nehi granted the biasmayim lebein. On the water doesn't mamish need to go into the mouth when you go to the mikvah. However, makoim haroi lovey b'mayaminon. Your mouth has to be a place that the water is fit to go. And by the bone being stuck there, it's not fit. See, sent her back in. Go, go take another dip in the mick. Go back. He says the Gemara Kedrev Now where do you find this concept that as long, sometimes if water doesn't literally touch, you're fine as long as it was fit to be touched. Because of Rav Zeyra. Dama Rav Zeyra. Kala roi lebila. Ein bila me akeves bai. A carbon mincha is made up of a few different ingredients. Not a tremendous. And Dalach is you need to mix it together. Okay? Let's say I didn't. I didn't mix it together. So Rav Zeyra says, as long as it's fit to be mixed, then mixing is not 
going to be ma'akiv. If it wasn't ma'akiv, uh, make it ma'akiv. Essential. Essential. Um, get in the way of it. But any mincha that's not fit to be uh, mixed together, so then the fact that you're not able to mix it is going to get in the way. Okay. So again, you find by a carbon mincha that you just need it to be fit to be mixed. So too, when you go to a mikvah with your mouth, the is it just needs to be fit for water. Top of chafeyam a base. Fit. Fit. Able. Capable. Please say that last statement again. When you go to the mikvah, your mouth, even though water does not need to enter it, has to be fit for water to enter it. So you can't have anything stuck in your teeth, otherwise the water is not going to completely surround it. Kitanoi, okay, says the Gemara, and there's also a machlekes tanoim in this area of halacha. It says in the Pasuk, okay, if you have an animal with a blemish with in its testicles, it's torn testicles, crushed testicles, cut testicles, kulam bebeitzim. This is all. All these blemishes are dealing with the the uh, uh, testicles itself. Okay, divrei Rabbi Yehuda. This is the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. This is going to be a a uh, mum. It's going to be a blemish. Okay, bebeitzim. Now, but a blemish is only considered a blemish when it's noticeable. When it's considered not noticeable, it's considered open. Bebeitzim says the Gemara, why'd you say that there's going to be a mum, a blemish, by the testicles? If the testicles are torn, cut, crushed, why are you mentioning the beitzim? What about the git itself? What about the male organ itself? Of course, it should make the the, 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 the carbon, thank you, into a mum. Be a be a mum on a car. Says the Gemara, you're right. Ella, kulon after beitzim. Rabbi says both. You're right. If it applies to the male the male organ and it applies to the beitzim, it's a mum. Rabbi It's only a problem if it's on the male organ itself, because the male organ that's what's considered open and exposed. But he says, what about the testicles? He says, no. You know why? Because you have the scrotum covering it over. It's not called exposed. Now again, it's noticeable, but it's not exposed. According to Blaz Ben Yaakov, Rabbi Yaisi Aimer, Rabbi Yaisi says, Mo'och v'kosos af bebeitzim. When are we talking about crushed and issues like that, squashed? That's referring to the testicles as well because you could notice the testicle whether it's crushed or squashed. Nosuk v'charos, but whether it's torn or cut off, begid in bebeitzim lay. It's not noticeable inside the scrotum where the testicles are dealing with that, because the testicles are keeping their same shape. And therefore he says that would not be considered a mum on a carbon, only if it would be on the male organ, would it be a mum on the carbon. Okay, well, so fascinating well, okay. three-way dispute. Well, because you weren't living in your so. <laughs> Yeah. So, so there's nothing to talk about. Okay, okay, okay. The Shaila is, you could notice these things, and you... You might you might have an opportunity to say like like Rebbe, which is that the fact that the scrotum itself is always makes things noticeable. Anything that has to do with it is called noticeable. That's going to be Rebbe's approach, even though you can't you don't have you know uh, X rays to see inside. Okay. Period. End of that Gemara. Brand new Mishnah. Here we go. Behemagasa. 
Niknes b'mesira. We're now going to shift away from, further away from marriage. We started out with how you acquire a woman. We moved on to how you acquire an evadivri, how you acquire an avakanani, and now we're moving on to how you acquire animals. If I purchase an animal, how do I acquire? So behemagasa, a large animal, Niknes b'mesira. It's acquired at the time that it's handed over. Okay. You give the leash, you give the reins, you hand it over, the, the whoever has it now is, acquires it. Fahadaka, smaller animals. Bahagba, you need to lift it up. You pick it up off the ground. Now it seems that Hagba is a stronger Kenyan. So when possible, that's what we're going to aim for. We're going to aim for uh, an acquisition of lifting up. A large animal, what are we going to do? Pick up a cow? Right? Okay. So, so uh, a large animal is by handing over, and by a small animal, you lift it up. This is the approach of He says, no, a small animal is not acquired by lifting it up. A small animal is acquired by pulling it, by pulling it towards you. Now, Mashiach can either be that you mamish pull it towards you, or it could be you guide it in a set direction. Okay? The, the owner kind of. Uh, a guy's in a specific place. Says the Gemara, Darash, Rav, Rav gave a drasha in the city of Kinchunya. And what was his drasha? What was his alocha? Behema gasa, a large animal, niknis b'meshicha. A large animal is acquired not by handing over, but by meshicha, by pulling it close. Okay? Now, Rashi says, Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Let's keep it on the Gemara. So Ashkechinu Shmuel letamida the Rav. So Shmuel found the students of Rav. Amar lehu. And Shmuel said to their students, Mi Amar Rav. Did Rav say, Behem Agasa, a big animal, Nicholas ben Meshicha, is acquired with Meshicha? Is that true? Our Mishnah says, now Rav and Shmuel are early Amoram, but we don't have them arguing on Mishnayis. Right? You know, it's not doesn't blow them out of the water if they argue because they were from the first generation of Amiram. But it's often a Mishnah, explicit a Mishnah. It, it, you're required to hand it over. The Rav Nami b'Mesira Amar Hadar Meahi, and you should know Rav also holds that you could acquire by handing over. So is Rav backing out now that he's saying that it's by Mishicha by pulling it close? So Shmuel's asking two questions to Rav Tamidim. Again, Rav said, you acquire it by pulling it close. Eshmuel to Rav's Talmidim. First of all, the Mishnah says, it's the handoff. Number two, Rav himself says, it's the handoff. And it's not bringing it close. Did he back out? Did Rav back out of some earlier shirin that he gave? Now, says the Gemara, where'd Rav say that? Who Because Rav uh, quoted a brysa, the Tani of the brysa says, um, big animals, small animals are acquired with pulling. It's by lifting up. And for the fact that Rav quoted this Mishnah seems to be a proof that he holds like this. Okay? So that's where we're seems hanging like, right now. Say it again. It seems that. If he, he's quoting the opinion of the Chacham, it seems that he holds that it is acquired by pulling. Yeah? Okay. Says the Gemara, Maskifla Rabbi Yosef. Rabbi Yosef asked a challenging question. Elamayata. 
But now, peel an elephant. Le Rebbe Shimon, for Reb Shimon, Bameyikne. How should it be acquired? An elephant? Yep. Because the last opinion in this Brisa was, Reb Shimon Oimer, Zu Vizu Bahagba. Big animals, small animals, you lift it up. But they weren't indigenous to Israel. Doesn't matter. They were used as tanks. I know, but. Oh, they were used as tanks. They were war animals. No. Yeah? So he says, how, do, how are you ever going to acquire an elephant? If you need to pick it up, what are you supposed to do? Mm. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good uh, basic question from Rabbi Yosef. Omar Le Abaye, so Abaye, Rabbi Yosef's Talmud says, Bechalipin, I'll tell you how to acquire an elephant that could be acquired with exchange. Yeah, because over there, it's hard to pull an elephant close. It's pretty much impossible to lift an elephant. So the way to do it is like purchasing movable property. And you'll use Chalipin, I'll swap. I'll, as when I give the reins, whatever it is to whatever I'm giving to the ma- to the owner of the elephant, when I give him that, the ownership of the elephant immediately comes to me. By him acquiring, however, it's possible to acquire whatever I'm giving him, so then the elephant becomes mine. Inami, or you could say Another practical uh, answer is going to be when he rents the place. So he's going to be like this: Ruvain owns an elephant. Shimon wants to buy it. How's he getting this elephant anywhere? Elephant doesn't want to move. He can't lift it up. He says, I'll give you an Eitzah. Abayi says, I'll give, you, I'll give you advice. What you should do is rent the land that the elephant is standing on. Now it's your land. So now he's in your domain. Rav Zeyr maybe our Raglov. You know what you should do? Train the elephant to stand on top of four pails. Take it to the psychus. And now it went up because of you. Now that it went up because of you, it's not because of you. It's your pails. So it's your pails. It's standing on your property. Yeah? Uh, says the Gemara, Shamas me no. We learn from here. Kalov shall like Kayach, Bershus Meicher, Kana like Kayach. If you're going to say, if you're going to say that if Shimon's buying an elephant from Reuven, Shimon could put down his pails in Reuven's property and take ownership of the elephant. That means, you should just know, if I can make an acquisition in your property, as long as the acquisition is taking place on my vessels. Because it's Ruvain's property, but Shimon's vessels. So, uh, you learn from here that, Kalev Shalikech Bashus Mecher, Karlikech. Sigmar says, no, not necessarily true. You can't necessarily infer that. Because, maybe Rav Zera's answer is dealing with be simta. Okay. What's a simta? So a simta is, if you look at the very bottom Rashi, on it's zavis, she eats al rishus It's a corner just off of a public domain. It's not a public domain, it's not a private domain. Meaning, when Rav Zira says, oh, you want to know how to acquire the elephant? Go get four pails. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's in Ruvain's property. Maybe... They're in a public domain off to the side. And there, Rav Zero will say, you put down the four pails, steps on the four pails, it's on your property. But it's not, it doesn't necessarily hold that if Shimon's pails were in Ruvain's property, it would be an acquisition. You don't have a proof to that. So Gemara, in a very beautiful way, is limiting 
how we're expanding the halacha. Right? He's limiting as far as we as we're able to go. Inami, or you could say top of tomorrow's daf, bechavilei zemayres. Yeah, chavilei well, zemayres is where he put bundles of twigs. He put literally it's vines. Yeah, he put bundles of vines, and now yeah, it's a similar thing. But the the he's gonna uh, step all over it. Okay, and in this way, it's um, it's uh, still going to be considered that he is creating an ownership. Beautiful. Okay, we'll hold here. Beth tomorrow morning, nine thirty a.m. We will pick up from the Mishnah on top of that. Have a wonderful, wonderful day, Chav.